Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is The World As It Is Today. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those rare moments where we get to sit down and talk to each other. Yeah. Our uh, our eight-year-old is, is at his grandma's for the evening, and the... The one-year-old baby is taking a nap, so now it's time to party. Yeah, that's uh, that's our language for party over here. Party over here. So I was thinking about something you mentioned the other day. Um, the idea of the word content mm-hmm. and um, the word content. Yeah. Yeah, which are the same word, the same spelling in English here. And I was thinking about content because for the first time, really, for real, well, you know, I've blogged before with the Life with Blind Louie blog, but I've never, I've never made YouTube videos. I've never been on a podcast. And then suddenly things like have opened up in 2021 after never having done a Zoom call before 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, con to the idea of content and that it being called content and what a content creator is, has just been like kind of, you know, bumping around in my head. And the idea of content and being content and what that means and if that's a positive or negative thing and if, if content that we create uh, makes us content and if that maybe makes us yeah, relaxed in a way that is unhealthy. I don't know anything. Well, yeah. I mean, if you just, you you start thinking about those two words, well, what's the point of content? The point of content is to make you content. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have yet felt a there there, but there is definitely, I mean, I don't know the fact that those two words are the same word. And, um, like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of am in a point in my philosophy where I think that being content is, um, I mean, while it's, it's like it's good in its certain way, it's also not good. I don't know that I want to say that either. Well, because I've been thinking about what it is to feel satisfied and how mainstream society has kind of confused people into thinking that you can't be satisfied until you have X, Y, and Z, until you have that Ferrari or that uh, the hot chick on the hood of it or whatever, or all the other unattainable things, you know, luxury and money and, and that. But really, if you have a warmth and shelter and water and food and your, your basic needs are met at any given time, then you should be pretty satisfied with yourself that you're doing okay. And when, when we're talking about homesteading, and as I look through that lens of the homesteading mindset, I'm thinking like on a daily basis, there's a million different things that I wish were done or which were better. But if the garden is growing and the chickens are fed and our, our kids are fed and we have water running and we have a place to go to the bathroom, we have clothes on our backs, like we're doing really, really good. And we should be proud of that. And that, I guess, if you think of it as that is what would make you content, that seems healthy. You know, you can be content because you no longer have to be out searching for those things that are necessities. Now, when you're talking about uh, surrogate activities, Uh 
to use that the term uh, Ted K's term. Um, Let's get Ted pilled here. I uh, I think it's like if you're making content, is it creating contentment in your life when there shouldn't be? Like maybe your needs aren't met outside of that. And I'm not saying that mine aren't, but I'm saying if you're using content creating or consuming content to fill that space in you that is your body, your your soul, your whatever you're being, telling you to get out there and get those things that help you survive. Um, and instead you're satiating yourself with YouTube or TV or podcasts. Um, and that's this false kind of contentment. I think that's it's just a interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I haven't really thought about it through the lens since, since I've been thinking about this possible word magic that, that we might be onto here of content content. I haven't really thought about how that applies to content creators as much as content consumers, because I mean, like that's where it just hit me over the head, you know, because content consumption, like, like all things, there is good and there is bad. Uh, you know, a tool can be used to fix something or kill someone. Uh, the internet can be used for good or evil. You know, it's 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 one of those kind of things. There's good con. There's content that I don't think does harm on its own. But then the the whole concept as as a whole, all the content that the the endless stream of content that's available to us right now uh, is it makes us content in the pacification sort of way. Like there, it's just there to pacify, uh, forget, forget hard hitting podcasts. Like the one that we're listening to right now. Uh, I'm talking, you know, the, the, the millions of hours of Netflix that's available. I mean, like you ever thought about that? Like how long would it take to watch everything on Netflix? Like, I don't even, I don't even know if you could figure that out. And that really, to me, first thing comes in mind is the amount of food like we have currently. So like you could go down the road here and we don't live in the like biggest city and you could get Taco Bell, you got uh, Dairy Queen, there's, um, what else? Uh, McDonald's, Jack in the Box, the deli at the Hagen's. And like all of this is really poor quality food, but it is food. And keeps you from starving, but does it nourish you? Does it help you grow? Does it make you feel good in your stomach? Does it does it fill you with heavy metals and <laughs> glyphosate and other things that yes. you might not want to fill yourself with if you thought about what's in there? So yeah, so there's the difference between the food you grew on your homestead and produce and grass-fed beef and using lard and tallow and like natural food, or there's like fast food. And so I think with content, there's can be the same thing. It's like there's something that nourishes you, like a really good podcast where it really gets you thinking and you feel connection to people. Um, and there's other stuff like um, Housewives of Miami. I just made that up. I'm not sure if that's a real show, but it probably is. I'm sure it's a real show. Yeah. Or what were we talking about the other day? Gary Busey? Um, uh, Gary Busey pet judge. <laughs> yeah, we were having a lot of fun with that, imagining if he just came to our house to judge our pet, because I, I think it was, we were confusing what the show's actually about. <laughs> we were like, oh, your dog is just staring at the wall at those lights. Your dog is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, so like the this, 
I can kind of get stuck in the idea of there being all or nothing situation. And I'm just like, I'm not a person that makes YouTube video. I don't have a smartphone. I don't, you know, sure. I've got an Instagram. I like to stay in touch with friends and family and I like to see what other people are doing, but it's not, um, it's not a way of life like it is for some people where they have, you know, if they had a lot of followers and you might feel a commitment to be putting, um, content out at, at a, you know, at certain intervals, whether that's hourly or daily or weekly. Um, I just haven't felt like I wanted to go there prior to this uh, recent endeavor that I'll go into later. But I remember when we did our first Zoom call, it was because Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report had invited us onto a Zoom call that was uh, about homeschooling. And I remember like, we're like, how do you do Zoom? And this was in 20, spring of 2021. So like everyone had been living on Zoom and that was a, I was like, I'm not signing up. They're, they're just using it to listen to what we're saying. The, this is what they want us to do. This is Bill Gates thing. Like this, everything about it was evil. But then when that opportunity was presented to us, I was like, well, but I would be losing out, not, not joining in on that. I, we homeschool our kids. We love the propaganda report. Monica Perez is my imaginary friend and was through all of 2020. And to not join that felt wrong. So we made the decision to try Zoom. And that led us to a second Zoom meeting with the propaganda report that was on homesteading, which again, hard to pass up on, that's our thing. She personally invited us to that one because she knew that that's what we do. And that's where we met Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilt which led to a real life friendship with Adam and his wife, Emily, and then now a podcast that you're doing with him. So while we don't use Zoom to stay in touch with family members that are social distancing, but we have used Zoom to like really enrich our lives in a way where that wouldn't have been possible if we wouldn't have used it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I remember back to 2020 when all this first was was happening, although it felt like it had been going on forever, you know, back in like August of 2020 mm -hmm. was probably around the time that it started entering our conversations that I was, the language I would have been using would probably be perceived as demonizing Zoom. I was saying, fuck Zoom. I was saying, uh, this, this couldn't happen without Zoom. Like, what what zoom in on this you know like yeah. i was i was uh, I, I was very skeptical of zoom and i still should be but except i use it uh multiple times a week now like without question so maybe that's not a good thing uh but i mean um anyway like it was because it 2020 really wasn't possible like i feel like when everyone had to stay home from school that was where they they couldn't have done that prior to Zoom technology. Like if they'd done that, then they would lose the indoctrination. They couldn't have sent them home for that long. Right, uh, yeah, they still had a foothold. And it really, it was creepy because at that time I remember thinking, this is letting the public school system into our home and into the way of parenting while still putting all of, like none of the benefits, the, the free childcare thing is taken away and all of the pressure is here. And now they're looking to see what kind of posters you have on the wall behind your kid. Or if there's a, remember there was like a firearm in the back uh, ground of a picture of a kid and he got in trouble, he was like suspended. I was like, how, is this virtual? Like he, there's no, it doesn't make any sense. And it was such an invasion of privacy. I couldn't imagine 
what it would have been like to have a kid in the public school system during that time of transition. I mean, like, clearly we would have just pulled them out and not gone along with any of that. But fortunately, we had chose to homeschool beginning when our son was in kindergarten. So he had never been to the public school system. And that I'm really, really grateful for because, yes, it was crazy. And I feel like if there wasn't something, if there wasn't this technology, then the they wouldn't have tried, they wouldn't have been able to lock people down, mm -hmm. even if they had tried, because people would say, I'm sorry, I need to go to work. I'm sorry, I need to go to the grocery store. I'm sorry, I need to go get my kid to school. But instead, everything comes to you. Groceries are delivery delivered. You're able to work from home remotely. Your kids are able to go to school home uh, from home remotely. It's uh, yeah, definitely. You couldn't have had one without the other. Yeah, it opened up a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of doors. And that brings it like right to where what I what I I guess I'm getting at with Zoom is the same as what I was getting at with content of that there's good and there's bad. Like the technology of Zoom, I mean that's freaking amazing that I that I'm able to to uh, talk with people from all over the world, uh, you know, just through sending a link and you know we, <laughs> I mean we can have we can have real conversations with real people, um, but at the same time that's the same technology that allowed us to lock down the entire country. And I, and still to this day, I think there are people who like visit family on zoom. Like to me, that's very, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. I remember anytime somebody in my family has tried to involve a screen, like at Christmas or something, it just really bothers me. Like that person's not here. It's kind of glitchy. Like it's like the audio is a little bit off. Um, you know, they end up talking to the screen and not to the room of people. It's like, be here now and like, enjoy the present and send some pictures later. Sure. But not make a phone call later, but to have someone like in the room on a screen, wasn't there a South park where he was on a screen and they put it on a robot and sent one of the kids to school or something. Oh, it was such a good episode. It was the one, um, where they bought a blockbuster Oh yeah! <laughs> right, his blockbusters were all closing, <laughs> Randy and, uh, blockbuster. and the kids were doing something. And but but Stan wasn't allowed to go because he had to stay because it was oh yeah it was Halloween. Because he had and to work. Ha at the Halloween's the busiest night at Blockbuster, but of course it's a ghost it's town. It's like there. a creepy haunted house situation. Yeah. So whatever the kids were doing, which I don't remember, they they took along a, an iPad on a well I don't know like some kind of stand or something like, like that. So he's in yeah. the, he's in the blockbuster the whole time, but he's a part of their adventure. But, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same could be said too as well about, um, about social media. Like you were bringing up social media earlier. Uh, I was talking with old scary world on into the apocalypse last night and he was making some really good points about the necessity of, I, I think he was putting it, it's like mastering, social media and using it to your advantage and how you're going to get left behind. If you don't, he, he expanded it outside of just social media, but also like SoundCloud for musicians, mm -hmm. um, like needing to exist in this, um, in this realm that that's the internet. And, uh, I can't help but agree with them like a hundred percent, you know, like what, what's the, like if we're doing this podcast, but we say, uh, yeah, but we're not going to use the internet. Who, how are we going to get 
flyers to people who would want us to mail cassettes of this shit to them. Well, I was going to say, are you still like in on any of those tape trading circles that you were in for some time? I haven't been in on tape trading <laughs> circles for 20 years. And that was even like late in the game for like not many people doing that kind oh, of shit. Oh yeah, anymore. that was not a not that was a dying dying breed. I, I tried bringing it onto the internet, you know, in like 2000 taking taking tape lists and stuff like that and starting to post it. There were some cool some cool like uh, websites where people posted their lists that you know, still did a little bit of trading through that, but it was definitely dying. And Napster came around like two years later, or maybe even already was around, but that just that wiped out the concept of tape trading. Yeah, I remember downloading Napster on this like dinosaur computer in my parents' house, and we didn't, I mean, it took forever. And then like downloading one song and then not knowing what to do with it. So I had this little like talk boy style um, tape recorder that has the little tiny cassettes like go into your um, what's uh, not a voicemail, but what did it used to be called? I don't know. Answering machine yeah, oh, okay. for your phone, like an answering <laughs> machine tape. Yeah. And I just recorded, like I played it through the little speakers and recorded it onto that and uh, would like set that on my shoulder when I was driving in my car, <laughs> like <laughs> listen to the song. That's pretty funny. Or then like the internet for me at that same time was like, I would find websites and get addresses to record labels, like alternative tentacles. I got their PO box off and sent them a letter to get a catalog. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing for like Chainsaw Records and Kill Rock Stars and whatever other stuff I was into at the time. And then I would order through catalog with like a check. And I remember other people at that time already getting it and like having a credit card and like knowing what they were doing. I've always felt like I was a little behind um, for sure. Cause I never even had internet and a computer in my own home until we moved in together. Mm-hmm. And here we are, I've started a YouTube channel and I'm like doing that. Like I felt like I wanted to, and I don't know why, but I, this is the preserving today YouTube channel. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. How would, how would I go about finding that? Well, you know what? I think I'll put a link in the, the description or is it the show notes? What are people say? In the say? show notes and description. Oh, wait, let me do that. <clears throat> I'm going to get this in post. Ring that bell and smash that subscribe <laughs> button. Smash it. And crush that pussy. <laughs> So awesome. That's disgusting. Yes. Um, so I started a, a YouTube channel called Preserving Today, and I'm calling it a, a Greener Postures Project, which is Greener Postures is what we started. Was it early 2021? Yeah, March of 2021. We decided that that's what our, I don't know, our efforts to try to build a parallel society our, our, our yeah. efforts to try to build our own community. Would to, be to, could I say our efforts to stick one foot outside of the matrix that already exists and try to create our own world? Yes. Yeah. So greener postures, meaning like green, new, um, fresh, healthy, and posture, meaning the way you hold yourself and see yourself in the way you stand. And we say my taglines grow, build, raise, learn, share. So we did things like Agora's on our property where we had a ton of people come and set up booths and sell, well, not really sell, but trade stuff that they have or services. Like the first one, we had a chiropractor giving adjustments and we had people selling chocolates. We had people that were selling um, medicinal herb tinctures and stuff like that. 
Um, we had our fermented stuff and I keep saying selling, but it wasn't selling. It was trading with one another and it really brought community together. And I got the word out in a strange way. Uh, and I jumped out of my comfort zone and went to some meetings in town and told people that were not like-minded, but free thinking individuals that they might enjoy it. Yeah. You should say what kind of meetings they were. That would explain why. Um, so it was like, um, well, the group, like, they're all about the Constitution and trying to stop mandates and things like that. So they're on the same team as us, but they're going from a totally different angle. Because yeah, they're, they're at least anti-mask, right. which, is, which is um, a, a huge step in unity for us to, to anyone at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were, like, more into, yeah, constitutional stuff. And we're, I'm closer to, like, the anarchist idea of like voting's not going to help and these people are like hitting the pavement and organizing protests and going to the courthouse and doing I don't know what are, what's it called the county council meetings and stuff like that they really believe in a system that you and I question its existence <laughs> yeah yeah that it, it seems like it's pretend but I mean that was enough for them to to totally understand like so I went to this meeting and I gave like a little speech on agorism and um, how we should try to form community and trade with each other to not involve the system at any time we we can possibly avoid. And it was all about doing this lawfully because, of course, we know that there's the the violence behind the everything, the, the strong arm of the law. So that it was um, the idea of it being trading is just a group of friends coming together. Um, so we had two of those on our property and it inspired a, a friend to have an Agora on their property. And then we had a holiday market uh, in, in an indoor space, uh, a friend we have. And when I say friends, like you might think, oh, you have friends. Well, we didn't until 2021 when I started to go to these meetings and try to meet people. And first it was on the Freedom Cells website and then it, it expanded from there. We just decided we needed to kind of expand our circle of support and not that um, I really want to be social all the time, but to be able to have uh, resources out there and people that we know we can support their businesses in the community and they can support us just uh, because the most important thing, which is like keeping our freedom, is the first thing on all of those people's minds. So when we started Greener Postures, it was the idea of getting people together and we did that. And then it kind of became more, it's like, it's our thing and it's whatever we're doing. That's kind of fulfilling that message. So I started to host workshops here at our place for, um, fermentation and bone broth making. And I, I wrote a book for each class. We did fermented condiments, which was cool. People don't th really think about how you can ferment mustard and ketchup and things like that. So expanded to that, and then like after going on um, chicken tenders on the Deborah gets red pilled feed, um, they Adam and Emily both said that I should you know start a YouTube channel or something, and I kept thinking about it after that because I realized that I talked for I don't know an hour and a half or something until they made me stop about all the things I'm passionate about, which is freedom and making your own food and doing it in a, an efficient way and preserving food through um, alchemy and bacterial um, manipulation. 
And uh, so I wanted to be able to share with more people than the small community we'd created. And I thought, well, should I do Odyssey or like BitChute or one of those other things? But I don't actually use those or really know anything about them. So I just bit bit the bullet and started a YouTube channel. And even as I'm making the stuff, like I feel, I feel like I haven't, it's not me on there yet. I haven't found my voice yet. And I mean, other people listening to it would probably think it sounds fine or whatever, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's very, it's a strange feeling. And I think maybe people who grew up doing this, um, don't see this, but, or people who've been doing it for a long time might not see this, but if you are like us and you just start to dip a toe, it's like a, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know where I'm going with it. I think I think I know exactly where you're going with it of that it it's can it always takes a while to find your footing in whatever it is you're doing um whether it's a project say you're putting up a fence the first it, no matter how many fences you've put up before uh the first post is going to be a lot harder than the last post and um huh, it's, posts uh, interesting. Oh, post. yeah. really interesting. oh man, more word magic everywhere you look. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's it's also going to be true with like, you know, I mean, think about bands that you like. Are they better on their first album or their fifth one? Maybe you like the songs better from the first one, but they but they probably got to be yeah. better at not just playing their instruments, but also using the recording equipment, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, all things <clears throat> all things evolve. And usually in the right direction, so you know you st- it, you can't you can't produce perfection of what you're attemp- attempting to to do the first time around. You just have to start a YouTube channel, and you know just talk stiffly if you need to. You know I don't think you're stiff on there or anything, but it's like uh, you know if you need to talk like a robot or sound like you're reading off of a piece of paper or whatever, and that's just what you got to do just to make a few videos. That's what you got to do. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong in redoing videos as you go along. You know, you don't even have to delete and replace, but just like, oh, now that I've got my camera set up better, I'd rather I'd rather have it look like this. Or now that I've got my catchphrase that I use that that people notice, I want to do this and, and yeah. say, bam. Let's kick it I, up a notch. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's hear that kraut sizzle. <laughs> what? Kraut doesn't sizzle. Well, it makes that uh, the air releasing or gases releasing <laughs> oh, yeah. sound. I, okay, I think of that as a sizzle. I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I should steal Emeril Lagasse's um, catchphrase <laughs> or whatever, whoever that is. No, the, of course not. But the frugal gourmet. But maybe you'll find that you you start everyone by saying, "Hey, this is Lanny." You know, I don't know, just whatever. You, you start everyone. You start everyone saying the same, and it took you doing that twenty times before you had this like cadence and rhythm and tone in your voice. Well, it's that- the confidence that comes with it. And so when I did workshops and I'm talking to people, it's fine. Like I can talk for hours about fermentation, and they can ask me questions, and I can respond to that, and I can respond to their body language and the vibe in the room, the affect. Um, when I'm talking to a microphone without anyone around, that's totally different. And then I'm also trying to like pair that with a video, which I've never done before. So I had, I did have to write a script for my first few after I tried to just record audio and then edit it. I realized I couldn't actually 
do that. And I haven't figured out how to do like a voiceover, which would work too. So it's just, it's a huge amount of learning I'm doing all at once because I've never used video editing software. I've, uh, I've used audio editing, but like a long, long time ago and not very much. Um, and I got, you know, a new camera and it's a new device and I'm doing it all from like a tablet. So I don't know. It's been fun and I'm glad to be learning it because I know our eight-year-old is interested in a, in YouTube more than I would like to admit. And while he doesn't get to watch it all the time, I keep thinking like if he's going to be obsessed with it, like everyone else is his age, you know, or like a little older than him. If he wants, if he could at least create stuff, it would be better I think that would be better for him and his character than it would be for him to just sit and watch YouTube after video after YouTube video. Yeah, it's like it's one thing to take in a little bit of content and move along in your day. It's another thing to put on your content and be content and just take in the content. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like... Just to sit and veg out and let it come into you without really engaging with it. Well, even like I, like I was, I was complaining about Netflix earlier, you know, pointing out just how much content they have. Like, you know, I like Netflix. We, we subscribe and, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I want to watch a movie and we do, or we want to watch a show and we watch an episode or 10, you know, depending on if we liked it or not. And, uh, but we, but we do that and we move along. Um, it's, you know something notable oh yeah see this this plays to it like look at how we we have to uh race for the remote when an episode or or a movie ends because it's gonna start playing something else and yeah, like and maybe we're not smart enough to know that there's a setting to change that or something oh, oh that could but be it, it feels like it's forcing us and that's the default is just to start it without realizing it and i think like our eight-year-old when he's watching youtube he doesn't really realize that happens he sees like a little ad uh, for something that's about to start and gets excited like before he even realizes that the sh video is over. So if he's only like supposed to watch one video and then come do something else, it's really easy for him to just accidentally continue on without really realizing it because he's not engaging. Yeah, especially if it's the same content creator. Yeah, uh, if they, you know, if it was like a little little cartoon of uh, of Mario and then that ends and it's the same style animation and it starts again and it's Luigi or Zelda or yeah, something. Yeah, you might not see that that has like, stopped. Like, oh, and I've just else been began. watching one video, but really he's watched five three-minute videos. And then even then, like, if you think about the way we watch Netflix, like, if the kids are asleep and we're actually watching something, or if we watch a movie at home, we're, like, pausing it constantly <laughs> to analyze things and have a conversation like this about what does that mean? Why, you know, we're just, like, picking apart the propaganda because we know that that's what that is. What what do they want us to gain from this? What is that trying to mean? You know, yeah. what do, what's that trying to say? What's that, what impression is that trying to leave? Did you see the chemtrails in the sky? I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like in that sense, when we talk about Netflix specifically, we don't consume content. We analyze content. Yeah, you know, it's like, true. And that's a big part of what I was hoping this podcast would become is that we could talk about shows we watched or shows that we watched a long time ago. We love horror movies and like the new Joe Bob Briggs series on Shudder. And it's like some of that stuff is our favorite thing to do. But it's like we don't just let it come through us. We, we, we're paying attention to it and taking things away and like applying it to our life and seeing if we can figure out what it is that, that, you know, what's the message that they're trying to get across. And if, if that's, if we figure out what we think the message they're trying to get across is, then what's the message that other people are going to take away from it? Cause that doesn't always mean it's the same thing. 
Yeah, you know, it reminds me of something I haven't really thought about or talked about so much for 10 plus years. Like when I was more, like I didn't really watch TV and I watched all these people that, that would watch cable television all the time. And, you know, like I'm not really, I'm not saying I didn't watch TV at all. I just didn't like it wasn't a daily activity. Well, you had the bunny ears situation, right? You didn't have yeah. like a bunch of channels. I didn't have cable, but I have, you know, I have a bunch of DVDs and, and VHSs, an absurd amount of VHS and stuff, like watching movies and stuff. But then I would see these people who watched like cable, you know, just to box it, you know, umbrella term, like cable watchers who like, like I'd, I'd watch a movie and I would like write about it. <laughs> and talk to my friends about it if they'd listen. And uh, I, I don't know, like, I don't know, really consume that movie. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd hop on the, the internet and look at IMDB and like, you know, like, oh shit, I didn't realize that this director, blah, 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 you know, like just trying, you know, like it was like a little bit of a learning experience to watch that movie, like, cause it, cause it continues on after it stops playing yeah. and things like that. But then I'd, I'd, I'd talk to, to like, you know, someone from my family and I'd say, oh, what'd you do last night? Oh, I just watched TV. Oh, what'd you watch? Oh, let's see. It was uh, Thursday, so uh, 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 Law and Order. Yeah, they don't uh, actually remember. And, and then you go, oh, Law and Order, yeah, yeah, that's the one about court. You know, what was it about? What was the case? And they're like, oh, you know, some crime. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to do that that too long there, but it, you know, just to get the point across that it's like, like, I barely remember what I watched, and I certainly don't remember what it was about, as opposed to, to you know, like I felt that I was consuming media so differently than that person. Well, and you realize when, when that person is bad as programming, they're being programmed. They don't remember it, but all that information is somewhere in there. There's impressions in there of things that they think are normal and the way of things. Whether or not it's fantasy or a reality show, um, those things are really blurred, especially because reality shows seem far from reality. And a lot of fantasy seems like a documentary these days. I, uh, I'm embarrassed to bring this up, but we, uh, we watched um, America's Funniest Videos the other day, like a new one. <laughs> AFV. AFV is all they call it now. I got a tattoo. I got a new. Oh, <laughs> oh sweet. Sweet. Yeah, you'll have AFV. to show me later. I can't wait to see. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to. F I'll, can we do hide and seek with it? <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were watching that that show. It used to be Bob Saget. That's why it got into our to our brains of like that show because he because Bob Saget just passed away, uh, probably because of the vaccine. Um, but uh, we watched it with my son, and uh, you know he he enjoyed it. But there was this part that like really 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 bothered me. Uh, this was a moment where, because we're watching with the kid, like I didn't pause and like just go off on it, but these, they were videos of kids getting scared, looking through the phone at augmented reality. Yeah. Like the face filters on, on, I don't know, uh, Instagram or whatever that if you look into the camera, it makes you look like a puppy or yeah, yeah. your face changes into a horse face. Like, like it makes it look like you have clown makeup on, but the kids are terrified and they're like 
touching their faces and trying to remove it and like the parents laughing oh no it's just on here and they're like get it off of me get it (laughs) off of me and it's like oh it's so funny because they don't realize that it's just on the screen it's not really on their face look at that or there was and they're going but i can't touch it like where you know there was a two-year-old that was looking through the phone with their mom and their mom's face turned into a horse face and he just started freaking out and i like almost started crying watching that i wanted to hold that little guy because he was super scared and that's his mommy right next to him like that's not it doesn't seem normal to me it uh it was so it it hurt me to watch that because i all i could think was 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 these kids what we're watching we're seeing a little bit of a psychosis a a, a psycho moment where they're freaked out because they cannot tell the difference between reality and their phone that's what that was they couldn't tell the difference and it scared them as it should but what but the what but what's even worse is that the parents think that that's funny they think it's funny that that child is scared that they can't tell the difference between reality and not reality it's it it was really really disturbing and there were a few other things that were also disturbing because i hadn't seen that show cuz we weren't watching the bob saget no it was new it was new and I, I uh, it's, oh yeah, it's the guy from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the nerdy yeah. brother, yeah, Alfonso uh, Rivario or something. I, I don't know. Rivario. Uh, Re- yeah, it's different than I thought it was. Yeah. But anyway, the Carlton, Carlton. Is... Yeah, that was his name on that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so and like, what's even more disturbing is that show's always had like a lot of audience play. <laughs> yeah. So Fuck. like the uh, the host always goes out into the audience and talks to them about the next clip that they're gonna air. Well, they don't have an audience anymore they have these two huge monitors that are filled with a bunch of boxes of a little people watching you know through zoom or whatever remotely like clapping and waving their arms around like they're all excited and then when they like and and he turns and talks to him he's like he's like talking to the audience but it's a, a big screen full of little screens right it's very creepy and then when he, you know, someone's going to win. If you remember from like the early nineties ones, like families would come decked out in like Sunday's best and they'd all sit together in like matching clothes and stuff and like wait to hear if their video was the one that wins. Well, these people are still doing that, but they're like in their Sunday's best, like in their living room, sitting on their couch and like the kids all look kind of confused and they're like, they want to get down. And like the parents are just have these plastic smiles on their face well, think about the ensuing conversation that's going on with those little kids. They're saying, no, 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 no. Look at the screen. This is really important. M- like millions of people are going to see us. Like this is one of the biggest days of your life to just look at that screen. And they don't like feel any energy from that interaction. You know, it's not no, like. And the two-year-old knows those people aren't really here and they want to go play with their toys or whatever. Yeah, they're just, it's just another moment in time. But the parents are going, no, 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 no. This is like the biggest moment of your life. Like, we could win $10,000 if we get first place. Yeah, and we're going to be on TV. <laughs> Yeah, real TV, not just the internet yeah. TV. Yeah, not that internet <laughs> bullshit. Like, yeah, anybody can upload on fucking YouTube, but we're going to be on AFV, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's very disturbing. was really, really creepy. But then there's, you know, people falling down and getting hit in the balls and cat videos and stuff. So Yeah, yeah I will admit uh, it was it, some of the some of the content that they put in there was 
was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it was like watching great YouTube videos. Oh, that... we were like, what were we calling it? Tosh.0 oh light? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Tosh.0 oh for kids. Yeah, except there was one video I was like, that should have been on Tosh because she hurt her leg badly. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was like watch. real pain and stuff. I don't feel like they did that back in the 80s. No, it was more like getting conked in the head in I... a silly way where you could see the person's face and could tell they weren't hurt very badly. I, I kind of wish that we'd, we had... Uh, old Bob Saget one to to watch. So I'm sure it's available somewhere, but you know, whatever. Yeah, because that would have been the era that I remember having it on TV at my house. Yeah. And I watched, you know, I watched a good amount of TV when I was a kid because I grew up in a place where you weren't always allowed to go outside. I was really close. Like our house was right on a really busy road and our backyard was blackberry bushes and then the freeway. And we had like a lot of apartments on our road. And so there was always like warnings, like sex offenders in the newspaper that my mom would be like showing me pictures of and telling me not to talk to. So when I'd come home from school, it was like, you know, TV, a couple episodes of the Flintstones. And then when I got older, it was a couple episodes of the Simpsons would get you to dinner time, you know, and then a couple episodes of something else after dinner before bed. It was like if I didn't have sports or something else to do, that was what we did at our house. Well, and think about the way that, you know, I mean, that, of course, that describes like a lot of my, my time too. You know, like we would pass time watching TV. And uh, back then we were, we didn't choose really. I mean, you'd choose between, uh, like you said, like like what would be on at the same time as The Simpsons, you know, some, some other sitcom or whatever. You'd choose between Seinfeld or Simpsons. Um, but, but, like whatever's on after that, you might just watch that too. You know, it goes back to what I was saying about the Netflix, like starting to throw something in, like before you're even, before you're even done. I, per, that's like a personal pet peeve of mine. Cause I like watching credits. So it's trying to cut us off from the credits, mm -hmm. but on TV, it did the same thing. I mean, for one thing, by a certain point, like by the nineties, it's like, you didn't actually see the credits. It would always like make the credits like a little tiny box up in the corner while they'd be advertising what's on next. And, uh, I think, Myself and a lot of other people would often watch what was on next if they had another half hour to kill, uh, not whether or not they felt like filling their time with that content. It was just that's the content that's being put at you because, you know, like we keep using this word for for modern time, but that's all television ever was content, radio content, television content. You know, that word was always used, too. It's just that now it feels more like our word because and, we're all creating. Content. Well, they were calling it programming and that's where it felt more intentional that this was programming this is yeah. supposed to program you whereas now it's like content it's not always sending a message but it's supposed to keep you content you know mm -hmm. that's what i keep it's supposed to satiate you it's supposed to make you feel like you don't need to go search for more what's the meaning of life um your spirituality the health of your body you could ignore that things are achy and not working right because you're just getting a comfortable position on a couch and let it come through you. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's strange. But starting to do this, I'm starting this podcast with you uh, at the same time as starting a YouTube channel on my own. I'm finding like this long form conversation with somebody else is like, real. I like feel like I'm my authentic self when we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when I'm making a video, I, I'm trying to put a point across because I want you to see how I'm making kefir or whatever. Um, and so like, I'm having to fit what I'm saying within that little parameter and make sure that it's quick enough that somebody's like, no one wants to listen to me talk about kefir. Well, maybe you do. If you do send me an email, I'll get you, I'll get you on. Um, if you want to listen to me talk about kefir for an hour and a half, 
But most people want a three three to five minute video to teach them how to do something because they're they're searching that kind of content because they want to do it. Whereas like there's other videos that are just meant to entertain you and that's different, but mine are like not really how to, but how I do videos. Cause mm-hmm. I really don't like to ever pretend that I should tell anyone how to do something, but I'll show you all day how I do that something. So by like putting that out there in that way, it feels like it's like just these little snippets of myself and like that I'm kind of pretending to be something. And I think like you were saying, that learning curve, if I continue to try to put it out there, I'll find how to be my authentic self within that medium. But right now it's not. And it just keeps like, I keep like, oh, I wish I had a podcast because I want to talk about this or that, you know. So maybe this Preserving Today YouTube channel will turn into a Greener Postures or Preserving Today podcast that I'll do independently. I'm not sure. But to talk about people and how they preserve food and how they prepare themselves and how they manage their kitchen and their pantry and their homestead, it's really interesting to me and I could talk endlessly about it. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. So it's really, it's a fun topic. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but uh, I like that the way we take our content in is um, a lot of conversation and a lot of analyzing yeah. and, um, yeah, just look at, uh, we, you know, we watched, uh, it wasn't a half hour. It was an hour or, you know, 40 minutes. Cause we watch it without ads, the America's funniest videos. And, uh, you know, what was that? Three days ago, two days ago, uh-huh. it was a couple days ago. And, you know, here we are still talking about it, still disturbed by it. While, uh, I mean, I don't know how many people watch a thing like that. I don't even know where you would look to find out. Cause it wouldn't just be television ratings anymore. It would be like, no, you know, like Hulu, Hulu ratings or wherever we found it. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say, you know, millions of people also watch that same thing that we did and they watch it every week and they don't remember it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe, maybe if they saw a video that was on there, they would be like, Oh, I remember that. But they wouldn't be like, I remember that from funniest home videos. They wouldn't be like, um, they, 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 that rerun could come on in, in, in a year from now and they'll be like, Oh, I don't think I've seen this before. You know, it's, I kind of feel like it's probably the people watching that on actual TV are just really old people that have mm-hmm. to like have the TV on in their house. Yeah. Because like, I, I mean, if other people who don't watch that TV that way that watch YouTube all the time, if they watched that, would they be like, oh, yeah, I've seen this one. Oh, I know this one. You know, like when we oh. watch Tosh once in a while, you'll catch a video that you've seen, on, you know, that was viral or whatever, and you had seen it on, on Instagram or something. Yeah, you'd almost feel cool. Like, oh, I'd already oh, yeah, seen I that one. one. I, I remember when I first found Tosh and liked Tosh, which I, I love Tosh all the way through, um, it, uh, I, I was telling someone that like, oh yeah, you know, I, I just started watching Tosh.0. It's pretty cool. And their response was, they were a bit younger and they said, um, yeah, you know, I don't really like people telling me what kind of videos to watch on YouTube. And it was like, uh, okay, but YouTube y- tells you what kind of videos yeah, to watch on YouTube. Like that's like an absurd statement to me. Like, I don't know he's not telling you to watch him either. He's asking you to watch his program in which he's curated videos and also done skits, you know, like 
that's what that yeah, show and you is. Don't just watch. You don't watch that, or we don't watch that for the videos. We watch it for the commentary and yeah. his jokes because he's hilarious. Yeah, he's like not PC and shit, and you know. Well, even, in his last season, the season of mourning, yeah. <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and he'd, be, he'd be like, you know, like, oh, I just showed a video where no one got hurt, except all the people who died of COVID with that super spreader event. <laughs> It's good. And I knew, I knew when that was happening, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to last. Like it had already been a long time that his his season was supposed to air that they wouldn't let him record. And then now he's gone. But didn't you just hear that it was? Yeah, it was just because I was just looking at Beavis and Buttheads coming back and uh, uh, it's not through MTV, but instead uh, Paramount and Comedy Central, whatever. It's all the same thing. It's all fucking Viacom. You know, Uh, there's only like one or two companies that control all of this shit. Don't be confused. But <laughs> uh, because I was looking at that, it also brought up that uh, um, MTV had just bought the rights for all the Tosh and that they were going to start doing reruns. And that was immediately followed by whatever I was reading, you know, some fucking clickbait thing that I had searched for. Uh, it said that they they people are speculating that they might do new Tosh on MTV. Well, that would be great to to hear him speak in, in these troubling times. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to hear him make fun of people for wearing masks and shit. I would as well, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so content and contentment and the good and the bad and maybe like anything in the world, um, there's two sides. There's more than one side. Like you can have contentment that's good kind of contentment or contentment that's distraction that's not the best for you mm-hmm. and the content that we put out or consume can be good and useful and help us grow or it can be bad and satiating and keep us dumb you're uh you're really shining a light i just hadn't thought about it the whole time but like we're this whole thing we're talking about duality the duality of of all things the 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 uh the positive and the negative and the the polars yeah you know it's absolutely. um there's i think that I mean, my whole life I'd heard things like, uh, you know, there's two sides to every coin. And the more, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? That's, it's like really true. Like on a deeper sense than, you know, there's two sides to a story is maybe what I used to think that type of a phrase would mean. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, all, th- I, I'm, I'm coming around to this idea that like all things have a good nature and an, and a bad nature. Or I, I don't know, maybe those aren't the words that I want to settle on using, mm-hmm. but but the, but opposite natures, a positive and a negative, and the, and yeah, I like that because I don't necessarily think positive and negative mean good and bad. Like I don't think negative just means bad. Like a right. negative negative charge right. isn't isn't a bad thing, right? And a positive charge isn't necessarily a good thing, right? Um, but there's positive and negative to all things. And, and I think that just this conversation is really kind of cracking that open and that we can see that that applies to, to these, these tools, all these tools that we've talked about, such as YouTube, um, or, you know, just all the content, all the content stuff and all the, the, the internet itself being a tool that can be used for great good and great bad. Yeah. Great positivity, great negativity. Right. So I think being aware of that and then choosing how we take things in and put things out will keep us making good content. And if we feel contentment, it's because it's it's warranted. It's deserved. Yeah. Cool. I think that's pretty good. Should we wrap it up? Sure. 
Um, you can find us by going on Instagram at the world as it is today. Um, you can send us messages there or follow us. You can email us at the world as it is today at protonmail.com. And if you want to find Preserving Today, search Preserving Today on YouTube, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And anything else? Oh, and check out Chud on Deborah Gets Red Pilled's Into the Apocalypse episode. They just had the 100th episode 100 yesterday. 100 episodes. And it's, I just started, I, I'm only about 20 minutes in. It's, it's a good one. It's gonna yeah, be it's, good. A, it's a long play with old yeah. Scary World. Yeah, that guy is spot on. I, I, like to talk to him about coming on here to talk about a few things, family kind of type things. Yeah, I'm excited to to figure out how to get going with other people. I think we'll have. I asked Adam if he would be our inaugural first yeah. guest. He said he would be honored. That's great because he can. He's he'll be understanding and let us work through the kinks of the the technicalities that you know. It seems like we got our heads wrapped around it, but as soon as we go to do it, yeah. You live on a homestead long enough, you know that no matter how much time you put in, you put into putting it down on paper, it's not going to come out like that, no. and that's cool. You got to learn as you go. Yep. So there we go. Um, send us an email if you're listening. We would love to know that someone else besides us is listening to this. Um, and just uh, take care out there. And this has been the world as it is today. Keep watching the skis. Skies. Skis. Huh. All right. We'll end with that. <laughs>